0: This podcast is sponsored by 10 of those. If you're at the recent T4G conference, you probably went to the bookstore. It was run by 10ofthose.com. They want to serve the local church by bringing the best books from across the publishers at super low prices to conferences and churches across America. So if you're involved in running a conference or perhaps you have a women's retreat coming up or a church anniversary weekend, invite 10ofthose.com to provide a pop-up bookstore. There is no charge for them to come. They'll recommend resources and serve you really well, taking care of all the stock, the cash register, sales tax, et cetera. And they come for conferences and churches of 300 people or more. They can also help you if you're doing things online. They can provide you with a customized online bookstore for your church, and there's no charge for that either. Email their team to get your bookstore set up. That's sales.us at 10 Sales.us at 10
1: Baptist 21 is a pastor-led voice for Southern Baptists in the 21st century. The B21 podcast will discuss current issues in the SBC with Southern Baptist church leaders. To check out more resources, visit us at baptist21.com.
0: Welcome to the Baptist 21 podcast where we have conversations about what it means to be Baptist in the 21st century and on this week's podcast uh, we're going to hear a recent short talk on a, a theological topic from one of our partners, that being the the Pillar Network. Uh, Pillar just had their annual conference, the Unite Conference, and uh, at that conference they had several short talks on important theological topics. But for this week's podcast, we're going to hear uh, one of those short talks on the the concept and the, the topic of elders. Uh, and there's a lot, obviously, conversation in Southern Baptist Life about pastors, about elders— uh, but this short talk just mainly highlights from First Peter five what is the role uh, of the of the pastor of the elder, um, and uh, that that term uh, as we kind of set up this this short talk that term elder has been um, used more recently, uh, used more often and more recently in Southern Baptist life. But there's also a historic uh, connection to that. The first ever Southern Baptist Convention president, which we've talked about on the podcast, William B. Johnson actually wrote a short uh, work on uh, elders. And so uh, oftentimes there's accusations of churches that are moving towards uh, plurality and, and moving towards using the term elders, that that's Presbyterian, but that that certainly couldn't be uh, further from the case. Not only was the term elder used by W.B. Johnson, uh, in addition, the term elder was used a, as the uh, term for the pastoral office in the abstract of principles, the the confession of faith that was written at the founding of uh, Southern Seminary. In addition, the first BFNM, the BFNM 1925, used the term elder, and and likely that is because that is the term most used in the New Testament. Uh, this was a really really helpful talk from a pastor named Adam McNinch. Adam is a church planter in Scotland. Uh, he was planted out of a church uh, called Charlotte Chapel. He planted in an area uh, north of Edinburgh called Queensferry, Christ Church, Queensferry. Uh, interestingly, Charlotte Chapel was planted. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago by a friend of William Carey and Andrew Fuller. And so it was a guy who had desired to, um, Christopher Anderson, who had desired to to go on the mission field, but for other various reasons was not able to do that. And so he went to Edinburgh and planted this work called Charlotte Chapel that has uh, sustained a a gospel witness and presence there in Edinburgh is a really, really faithful, wonderful church that is planting churches there in a really, really tough country that in many ways um, is, is sort of post-Christian, even uh, with the great work that the Reformation did in that country. There is a lot of need. It would be even borderline considered an unreached people group. And so Charlotte Chapel, wonderful, faithful gospel witness, planting other churches. And they planted this brother named Adam McNinch, and he gives us a short talk from 1 Peter 5 on uh, on elders. And so uh, hopeful that uh, you'll be encouraged and edified by, uh, by his work there in 1 Peter 5.
2: Please turn to first Peter
1: chapter five. I'm not gonna say good morning or good afternoon after what we heard for.
2: It's my privilege this afternoon to speak on the fourth aspect of the pillar networks DNA. That is elder led churches. As a network, we encourage churches to be led by a plurality of male elders, pastors. Now in this talk, I'm not gonna make the biblical case for having a uh, plurality of male elders. I'm working on the assumption that if you're at this conference, you already have a plurality of elders or you're working towards this. Instead, what I want to do today is focus on that little word, led. The question I'm going to answer is this, how are we to lead? as elders? Well, let's look at 1 Peter chapter 5. Primera de Pedro Cinco. I learned that from a Puerto Rican brother this morning and his Honduran wife, a love pillar. 1 Peter chapter 5, starting at verse 1. So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder you'll receive the unfading crown of glory. I cannot cover everything in these verses in the time allotted, but let me give you these three things. I want to give you one picture of what it means to lead. I want to give you three pointers for those who lead. And I want to give one promise for those who will lead well to the end. Firstly, a picture. The picture of eldership that Peter paints is that of A shepherd, look at verse two with me. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you. In the NIV, be shepherds. Now, how does the picture of a shepherd help us to understand the way an elder should lead?
1: Well, think about a shepherd's job. Shepherds are hands-on. It's messy work. Shepherds know their sheep. It's intentional work.
2: Shepherds pursue wandering sheep. It's relentless work.
1: Shepherds guard their sheep. It's protective work. Shepherds feed their sheep. It is nourishing work. Shepherds speak to their sheep. They really do. It is personal work.
2: I hope it is not too much of a leap for us to see the similarities with the work of
1: an elder. Now, how does this picture of a shepherd sit with you? Is it too lowly a picture? Is it uh, too hands-on a picture? Maybe your idea is a bit grander than this. Well, as one
2: elder to another, can I uh, lovingly say to you, it's not your call. Verse two tells us that the church is the flock of God. In other words,
1: it's not your flock. God gets to write your job description, not you. Picture that Peter paints is not of a superhero, but a shepherd. It's not of a statesman, it's of a shepherd. It's not of a scholar, it's of a shepherd. It's not of a social influencer, it's of a shepherd. It's not of the next Spurgeon, it's a shepherd. Okay, so if Peter's picture is of a shepherd,
2: what does being a shepherd of God's flock actually involve? Here are my three pointers. Pointer number one, we need to be willing to watch over God's flock. You can see this in the first part of verse two. Look with me, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, there's the watching over, not under compulsion, but willingly. Peter is saying that your eldership should be marked by a sense of willingness. Brothers, if your attitude towards watching over God's flock is like a teenager's attitude towards a curfew, then you're not shepherding as God wants. You've got to be willing to do this work. Otherwise, you will never do the hard things that come with shepherding. I just think about the different people that need shepherding in your congregation. The Apostle Paul helpfully gives us a list in 1 Thessalonians chapter five. He says, we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint hearted
1: help the weak, be patient with them all. Brothers, I do understand. I do
2: understand that it's hard work to shepherd the idle, the faint-hearted, and the weak. I really do get it. These people are either often unwilling or unable to help themselves. But brothers, to shepherd properly, we must watch over God's flock willingly. Why? Because look how verse two continues. Look with me, not under compulsion but willingly, as God would have you. Do you get that? Uh, This is not ultimately about how Peter would have us lead. Uh, This is about how God would have us lead his flock. And God wants us to willingly watch over his flock. That's Peter's first pointer. Here's a second one. We must be eager to serve God's flock. Look at the end of verse two. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly. This is about our motivation, isn't it? A faithful shepherd is motivated by what he can give, not by what he can get. We need to be like the five-year-old when the doorbell rings. Have you ever experienced this? My kids never move as quick as when the doorbell rings. I'll get it, I'll get it, no, no, I'll get it. It's like the Amazon guy is their
1: favorite uncle. Eagerness, well, that is what God wants. Brothers, I know the temptation to put off a difficult meeting for another day, but that's
2: not being eager to serve. I know the temptation to hide in your study rather than pursue a prodigal, but that's not being eager to serve. God wants elders who shepherd his flock to be eager to serve.
0: This podcast is sponsored by 10 of those. If you're at the recent T4G conference, you probably went to the bookstore. It was run by 10ofthose.com. They want to serve the local church by bringing the best books from across the publishers at super low prices to conferences and churches across America. So, if you're involved in running a conference or perhaps you have a women's retreat coming up or a church anniversary weekend, invite 10ofthose.com to provide a pop up bookstore. There is no charge for them to come. They'll recommend resources and serve you really well, taking care of all the stock, the cash register, sales tax, et cetera. And they come for conferences and churches of 300 people or more. They can also help you if you're doing things online, they can provide you with a customized online bookstore. For your church, and there's no charge for that either. Email their team to get your bookstore set up. That's sales.us at It's Sales.us at That's my
2: second pointer. Here's the third one. Here's Peter's third pointer about how we're to shepherd. We also shepherd by being examples to the flock. Look with me at verse three. Not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. Now, what does that look like? Well, I can't help but think of Paul's words to young Timothy. Set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Now, in the past few years, we've had uh, the latest wave of Christian leaders who have been bad examples to their flocks. You've got your bad examples on this side of the Atlantic Ocean, and we've got our bad examples on our side too. And you know the thing that these men who rise and fall all have in common? They're very clever at avoiding accountability. Brothers, don't let it happen to you. The beauty of having a plurality of elders is that you have men who can call you out when you're being a
1: bad example to the flock. Make sure your fellow elders know they can do it. And make sure you receive it humbly. Make sure your wife knows she can do it too. Invite it. Now when we shepherd by being willing
2: to watch over God's flock and by being eager to serve God's flock and by being examples to God's flock, what we're doing is reflecting in a very small way the way that the chief shepherd leads. If you want to know what being willing to watch over God's flock looks like, listen to Jesus' words in John 10. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. You want to know what it means to eagerly serve? Again, look to Jesus. A verse from Pastor Moore's passage this morning. Jesus says in Matthew 20, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You want to know what it means to be an example? Again, look to Jesus. We're told earlier in 1 Peter chapter two, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Christ models for us perfectly
1: what it looks like to serve as a willing, eager example for God's flock.
2: I'm told that these were a thing over here as they were when I was young in Scotland and um, those uh, WWJD bands. I think we need to get the Pillar merchandise guys onto some new ones. Um, but they wouldn't say WWJD. I want them to say WWTCSD. What would the Chief Shepherd do? That's the question that we always need to be asking as elders. What would the Chief Shepherd do? Finally, a promise. Let me finish with the promise that is given to every elder who faithfully shepherds God's flock. Look down at verse 4. And when the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. What a promise that is. You will receive an unfading crown of glory if you shepherd like this. Do you believe this is coming for you? Being an elder is hard in so many ways. Other people's sin and suffering make it hard. But maybe more than that, our own sin and suffering make it hard. But brothers, in all of your problems, don't lose sight of this promise. Because, you know, that's what every elder who has a moral failure does. He wants rewarded now. He wants the immediate buzz of money, possessions, sex, outside of marriage, or a claim. And these short-term fake rewards become more desirable than the crown of glory that he should be waiting for. Brothers, don't fall for this. It's not worth it. But the promise of an unfading crown of glory most certainly is. So there you have it. One picture of what it means to lead, three pointers for those who lead, and one promise for those who will lead well to the end. Press on, shepherds. It's worth it.
0: Thank you for listening to the Baptist 21 podcast. To learn more about us, visit us at our website, baptist21.com. Also, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. It would really help us out. If you ever have thoughts or ideas for future interviews, please reach out to us at our email, baptist21 at gmail.com. Again, thanks for listening to the podcast.